0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fates Wide Wheel Quantum Leap podcast with Sam and Dennis. I'm Sam. Uh, this is new for us. We've, we've never done this before. Um, generally we record, you know, a couple of days before, uh, uh, but access to the screener, um, did not come as, as it normally does, um, due to a number of things. Uh, but we got it earlier this afternoon. I was able to watch it. Dennis was not. So he came in completely cold to the episode. Um, and it's interesting because one thing that happened for both of us, it seems, is that we stopped taking notes early on in the episode. Uh, and then as you know, as, 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 as the episode went on, it was just kind of hard to, to kind of keep up in some ways. Uh, having the benefit of seeing you know, having seen it twice now, I was able to do the live tweeting um, and I'm sure I'm going to have to watch it again. Cause I'm sure I missed out on a couple of things, you, you know, just by virtue of it being uh, you know, as, as tense as it is. Um, that said uh, we've got a, a room here uh, of folks that have watched the episode for the watch along. And we're also joined uh, by Dean Gergeris from from uh, the show, the executive producer showrunner, um, which we're thrilled to have him back here for, for a moment. Um so let's just kick things off real simple. Dennis, what did you think? So so I wanted to say
1: this to Dean. So I didn't get to watch the screener in advance. So when you posted the poll at the beginning of the episode, like who's the poll or, or like who's the mole, I guessed it was Iggy. I didn't know, but I guess based on something you said in our interview a couple of weeks ago, and I almost did that as a write-in. But then I was afraid if I was right, then I was the jerk with the screener who was throwing spoilers out, <laughs> and I didn't want to look that way. Uh, that being said, man, what what an episode to
2: not have gotten the screener in advance for. That I was just it. A, by the way. That was it was just a technical thing. Um, the special effects, some of the special effects were done really really late, and when they sent the screener as Sam saw um, originally sent the file out, uh, there were problems. The file was corrupt, so they didn't post it. Um, They ended up posting the sort of corrupt file today, I think, just because they wanted people to have something to watch. Um, But I was happy to see that it was not corrupt on NBC.
0: <laughs> yeah, just for um the full context, what the screener ended up being the aspect ratio was off. So kind of the sides um uh, of the episode were were cut off and it's strange because it was still technically in widescreen. Um so it was almost as like the image had been blown up and and we lost a little bit uh, on the sides. Um and then a, and then a couple of like the special effects shots were a little pixelated or whatever. It certainly didn't detract. I was able to, you know, to follow along just fine, but um it was it was definitely a different experience. Um the I mean, the episode overall, I think, it is uh, certainly one of the most tense uh, of the season. And yeah. and as a couple of people have commented, probably one of the most tense of Quantum Leap. Um, you know, and a lot of that certainly, I think, is lent to the atmosphere of being in the asylum. Uh, Dean, can you talk a little bit about breaking the story on this one and what that process was like?
2: Yeah, um, this is actually the only episode of the year that we threw out an episode, um, we had started to break a completely different story, um, different tone, different energy. It was like a spy thrillery type thing. And we got pretty far into it. Um, but just didn't feel like it just, I was like, this isn't quantum leap. This doesn't feel like quantum leap. Um, so we threw it out fairly late in the process. Um, and we had, this one was in the back of our mind of like, we had a list of cool settings or great original episodes or combinations Um, and we switched it to this and it just so happened that there was a really great like sort of almost everything you saw of the asylum is an existing set um, not too far from where we shoot so it was um, and we were late enough in the run where those kinds of things are considerations like we don't have an unlimited budget we don't have unlimited time (laughs) like so Um, it came together really, um, it came together really well. That episode was shot, um, in seven days, not eight. Wow. Um, so, uh, you know, the, I remember Caitlin telling me how exhausted everybody was after those seven (laughs) days, just because, I mean, she covers a lot of emotional territory, um, And the original uh, cut of the episode came in 52 minutes long, so 10 minutes longer than what you saw. So one of the reasons I think it probably feels so tight and uh, edgy and edge of your seat is, you know, we were able to pare it down to really, you know, when you can really tighten an episode like that, really squeeze it. I think it helps like the other episode that came in at 52 minutes and we cut 10 minutes out of I'll let Dennis guess what episode that was. Because it was his favorite. My,
1: I, I, I don't know how often. I, my favorite one switches from week to week. Okay, well, it was, oh, my <laughs> little, <laughs> favorite.
2: Oh, the, oh, you little oh, faith.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, too.
2: okay, all right. Was also fifty-two. I remember you telling us that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that we cut down to forty-two.
0: Do you think uh, that this episode, um, not necessarily you, little faith, but that this episode kind of proves as an example that? You know, when you cut that stuff, you get a stronger episode out of it. Because I know in this day and age, I mean, not necessarily in this day and age, but for the past like twenty years, with access to DVDs and Blu-rays and everything, there's this kind of hunger. I think sometimes for deleted scenes and and director's cuts and extended editions. Um, but would you use this as an example as an example of saying, "Hey, sometimes less is more"?
2: Yeah, I think I think both in both cases. Uh, you have little faith in this. The 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 forty two minute. 25 second cut is, is a better episode. Like it's just uh, objectively better. I think like there's just mm-hmm. the pacing, there no lulls, like certain pieces of story or information are taken out that were nice. You know, for example, we probably lost almost two minutes of story just in the walk and talk where Walter, which was the name of the um, orderly is pushing mm-hmm. Ben down that corridor um, there was a ton of dialogue there. Walter was telling you about Dr. Mueller, how they served together in the war. Ben passed a room where radio was playing and Brown versus Board of Education was being announced. So it was a lot of atmosphere, but it it was just, when you take it out, it, it was infinitely more creepy. <laughs> and right, moving, right. And it was moving faster.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, and I think that that absolutely shows. It's funny you mentioned that because now I, I can recall at one point having seen um, uh, the, that, that dialogue about them being in the war together and, and and not missing it. You know, that that it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel like while that's cool information, perhaps it's not necessary to, to the story that's being told. Um, you know, you mentioned Brown versus the Board of Education. We get some other really great context clues about when we are right off the bat with Ben mentioning JFK and the reaction that Dr. Mueller has the music, of course, um, a question that, that we do get asked frequently, um, is that there, you know, we don't get the date stamped on our screens, right. Or like, that's not what this show does. Um, that was something that obviously the classic series, uh, did. Can you talk about the decision to, to not do that? And, 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 and instead using kind of these context clues to, to just, I think, for me personally, engage the viewer a little bit more than just saying, this is when we are.
2: Yeah, you know, we, I think we've done the stamp twice, or I think I think we did it in episode two and episode eight. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we've we talked about toying around with, depending on the style and the time of the episode, maybe we would put the time stamp on. Um, but I think as the season's gone on, we've just... It just feels more interesting to us to to make it, you know, something you figure out. You know, I mean, whenever you put a timestamp on something, you're kind of announcing to the audience you're watching a TV show. Um, <laughs> and I think, especially in these later episodes, you know, you, you sort of want to pull them in experientially, like from the beginning.
0: For sure. So I don't think sure. you
2: I don't think you'll see any more timestamps. Period. I don't think we're doing it in season
0: two is it just coincidence that the two episodes that did use them both took place in the nineties? It is. I would love to say that was planned.
2: <laughs> like we've planned, or I should say planned is a strong word, but so like, for example, Ziggy is the mole I think was figured out when we were writing episode eight. So hmm. it's not like that wasn't planned. Um, sure. Um. But the date, the date is one of the few things that, like, honestly, was a little loosey goosey
0: between us. We, like,
2: <laughs> we kind of were like, we wanted to, we couldn't figure out which one we liked more. Sure. Um, so, well, <laughs> I was,
1: I, I was also curious too. Just to, to stay thing on the dates for just one second is. It occurred to me if you were doing that, so you have less people like nitpicking, like, oh, well, this didn't happen on this date, this date, because like people were doing that with Atlantis. Like, oh, like 1998, the Atlantis didn't actually go on a thing. It's like, oh, God. Uh, as <laughs> I realize, like, it just gets pedantic after a while. Like, if you put a hard date on it, then people have more opportunity to pick those things apart. That's true. That's so true. I will say, I, I have been on team, put the damn date on the on the screen, but I, I'm also coming around to, <laughs> to reasons as to why not.
2: No, I mean, look, I'm interested. It was... I was trying to watch a little bit on Twitter because I like to watch the East Coast feed and see what people react to. Um, And, you know, this this episode in particular and the last episode, 18, I mean, the final episode, are pretty mythology heavy. I mean, I sort of, I don't know if that's the right word, but let's just call it the mythology for season one. You know, like why did Ben leap and what's going on? And so whenever episodes are mythology heavy, I'm always interested to see because I think, you know, our audience is a little bifurcated. You know, there, there are people who wish we could basically be devoted to the leap. I would say not all the time, but more often. Um, you know, like let's say out of 42 minutes, maybe be on the leap 35 minutes and with seven minutes of assist. Um, and then there are people who really like the the fact that we have a sort of present day serialized mystery. So it's always interesting to me to see How people react. And I'm fascinated by watching people who are like, Ziggy, that doesn't make any sense. And, you know, like, I think it doesn't take a lot of thinking to figure out, like, why Ziggy would make a lot of sense as a source of information to someone who's time traveling using the same equipment, but in the future. Like, it's not like that huge a a stretch, which is why we liked it. It was just sitting there right in front of us.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about that. The, the decision to, you know, I think that a lot of sort of the guesswork um, uh, that, that people had done beforehand, uh, which is always a lot of fun, the speculation that takes place, especially when you do kind of get into that mythology, um, involved the idea of there being a different project, you know, perhaps even a project that was at the old location in New Mexico or or, or something like that. The idea here is, of course, that that's not the case, that this is just a future version of this project. Is that, I mean, that seems to be what we're going for. If that's not something you can answer, I completely understand. But um, I'm curious about the, you know, the ideas behind that. And and of course, it sets Ziggy up perfectly as being the mole uh, as well. So I'm curious as to how that came to be.
2: Um, well, you know, I mean, Martin likes to say all the time that basically we're the past. He's like, we're the past. Mm-hmm. We're, like, we're not the present. We're the past. We're the past to, to, <laughs> the, to the future. Um, and so, I think, I think Ian says in this episode, rightful, rightfully deducing, if Martinez leaps the same way Ben leaps, um, then it would mean that Martinez is 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 not technically an evil leaper. Um, and if Martinez can see Addison, um, these are all clues that Martinez is certainly using, if not the same equipment, similar equipment, derivative equipment, um, probably more derivative in terms of design than, say, the quantum accelerator that's been using compared to Sam. Like We don't really ever talk about how much has the quantum accelerator evolved. Um, and right. might that be a reason why... In Sam Leaps, there's a waiting room, and in our leaps, there's not a waiting room. You know, like there's 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 sort of the whole discussion of the accelerator and how it changes over time or what it's changed over time is something we talk a lot about as a room. And um yeah, like I said, we're, I'm just the past. Like future, <laughs> future me knows how many seasons of quantum leap there are.
0: Is that the type of stuff that, you know, it's so difficult, because obviously, there are people that ask questions and, and want to see on screen, like definitive answers to some of that, like, what is the technology? And why is it different? However, again, there's 42 minutes. So, do you think that that's something that you, you you know, the show, um, not you specifically, that the show will indeed address on screen? Or do you think that that might be too much of a sacrifice? Because there are only 42 minutes, and you are trying to balance these stories, and you are trying to have those engagements and connections with the Leaps and the guest stars, as well as, of course, with headquarters and stuff. So, it can be, obviously, a delicate balance already, and now we're talking about adding other stuff in that is mostly just exposition.
2: Well, I think what's what's great about the original show um, is that if you are really careful, you can end up drawing a lot of seemingly complicated threads and pulling them together one by one, right? So for example, like Martinez in this season, right? Like a seemingly evil leaper, Um now, you know, then that's that information is sort of discredited in 14 when they both coordinate leaps. Um, you know, not Ben's not aware of it, but right. Martinez is certainly aware of it. And then in 16, they work together, um, until it's you know, and until the leap is successfully secured, and then Martinez <laughs> does everything in his power to make sure Ben did not survive to follow him. So I guess my point is like all of that stuff, you know, I think I remember along the way during the year, I would read complaints about things that didn't make sense or didn't add up. And and what I find is there will be, I'm sure there will be things that we ultimately can't explain or can't connect or can't evolve, but you would be surprised how much we can. And, And, you know, and one thing I say to everybody is, Anytime there's disagreement or discord, that's actually opportunity for writing to happen. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, for example, and I'm in no way saying there is, you know, the waiting room is is a piece of the first quantum leap. But the fact that it's a piece of the first quantum leap and you haven't seen it on the second quantum leap, when people talk about that, where my brain goes, as a writer, my brain goes immediately to, huh, one day there's going to be an episode (laughs) opportunity there. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So I think yeah. what we are really conscious of is the in the current show is that we are, you know, like if there's NCIS and there's NCIS Los Angeles, like we, we think of ourselves, you know, Quantum Leap is a time show. This just happens to be Quantum Leap, the version that started fairly recently. Like we're an offshoot. We're a cousin. We're a sister. We're not actually... Like, you know, the notion of a continuation in a time show is even interesting, right? Because, like, (laughs) Um, so I think, you know, when you think of, like, how are we different? How are we similar? um, The goal is to surprise you as we slowly pull those threads closer and closer together.
0: Nice. Uh, I, I, I think that's a great answer, honestly. And I, I'm certainly looking forward to the finale because I think that there's, you know, there's, as you mentioned earlier, you know, it being kind of a mythology episode, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of, you know, information that, that we are given and an explanation similar to what we got in this episode. Um, the decision I'll to... About
2: the, I'll tell, here's what I'll say about the finale. I thought about organizing a contest to see who could how many callbacks to this season or to the original episode there are in the finale. And like the person who comes the closest would like win something like I'd fly them (laughs) to Universal or something. Cause it's Margarita Matthews who wrote Ye of Little Faith and wrote um, Leap I Repeat wrote the finale for us and did a really incredible job. And it is one of those episodes that if you like callbacks and if you like but this means that and i can't like it's a, it's a it's a very well crafted puzzle
0: nice i yeah i i'm really looking forward to it I, in an odd way it's bittersweet i don't want the season to end but i also am very excited about it because yeah margarita's work has been fantastic thus far um and i just think that there's been so much laid out for for us, in so many interesting ways, um, you know, you mentioned Ziggy being the mole as that kind of being kind of a decision that was made around episode eight. Um, when we had Shakina on the show, she had mentioned that the decision that Ian was the one that you know that let back that informed Ben um, that that decision was something that had been kind of there pretty much from the beginning. Um, is that is that the case with um, uh, with that choice to to have Ian be the one that prompted Ben to leave?
2: When Martin and I. Over and I should say when I joined Martin because Martin had been on as an executive, sort of distant overseeing producer, like letting Stephen and Brian handle the day to day. But when I came in and Martin came in, and it, it, it does all become a blur after a while. Um, <laughs> more, we had some basic tent poles that we knew we wanted to hit, working backwards from a uh, from you know we took what they gave us for a start. We imagined a finish. Um, one day when the series is over, if we don't use this thing, I will tell you what our original alternate finish for season one was because it was really clever and we we aren't using it, which is, I'm glad we're not. I like what we're doing for season two even more, but it was kind (laughs) of clever. So we did lay out that we were going to find out well, we had basic things, right? Like, why why doesn't the team know everything? Well, if the team doesn't know everything, and if Ben didn't tell anyone, there's really only one explanation that holds any kind of water, which is that Ben knows that Ben can't trust everyone, and Ben doesn't know who they can't trust. And then as we got into it, it's like, well, that makes sense, because if I tell anyone a secret, like, I mean, this is, the future has this Zoom as as an access point. Someone a year from now could watch this and be like, "Look, Dean said this, but this didn't happen. Dean's an asshole." Pardon my language. Like, so, (laughs) have you listened to our show? In a world with a quantum accelerator, (laughs) like we're all being recorded all the time, kind of like we are now. Mm -hmm. Um, So we knew someone needed to be a mole or traitor, and we knew someone needed to be a guide or helper or hopefully benevolent force like we needed sort of both right like because someone had to show up and say to ben you need to leap like we needed to explain what happened that night um right and we all love ian we all love mason and it also just made sense that given ian's relationship with ziggy given ian's understanding of the quantum accelerator given ian's friendship with ben it it made sense to all of us that Ian would be the person to, to do this. And it also made sense that Ian would be a really interesting character to see wrestle with that. Like, I can't believe I'm going to do
0: this in 40 years. Right. Right. Yeah. I, um, in 40 years. Um, or whatever it is. No, I, I'm just made that. No, I'm just kidding. Don't, don't quote just, me. Um, um, so. You know, speaking of it, I mean, one of the aspects of the show, and, and, and um, one of uh, our listeners, and also himself, has a has a podcast uh, about the show. Uh, Damon Shugamelli, who's uh, on right now. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about the pattern to the leaps, and that if you look at like the first you know run of episodes, there was this pattern of sort of like Ben would go back, then forward, then back, then forward, then back, then forward, and now you know recently it's been on this string of back, back, back back, 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 almost like somebody pulling a slingshot back and then letting it go. And it, 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 how intentional is that to kind of be the, if you can even talk about this, the function that gets Ben to the future, um, to that point in time in order to stop Martinez from, you know, from killing Addison, which I mean, that was a big piece of information. It felt like it almost got dropped in almost casually. It was just sort of like, you know, Janice is like spitting out everything that's going to happen. And it's like, Whoa, she just told us that Martinez kills Addison.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that was an interesting. It was an interesting um, thing because it's a confirmation of a suspicion, right? Like we've all sort of suspected um, that that's at least part of it. Hold on, I'm trying to convince Caitlin to jump on. Like (laughs) it's me and Sam, and how many of us? Uh, That's a good question
0: fans 13 see luckily luckily we have people here that are willing to do the work you all want to know
2: what like what we're like like this is what we're like like we actually get along really well i can tell you that we work very very hard on this show um and it's you know and because we all get along um and i'm incredibly anxious in a positive way to to get to do season two. I'm so glad that we're gonna to get to do it. Um, because I just think, like like I said, the quantum universe can do we can do so much. Um, yeah, but I don't know if I answered
0: your question. <laughs> that's okay uh, yeah just about that that sort of that slingshot theory uh, you know if you could if you could talk about that at all uh, i don't you know obviously i don't know if that wades into spoiler territory but it does seem like there's a pattern to the leaps and so oh, i was yeah. just curious well, as you to how know, early on
2: i can't remember if it was martin or i who early on just sort of liked this notion of of gravitational navigation and like time-assisted and then yeah, and we even had a discussion for a while of do we want it to be um do we I so I so want to answer some of these questions in the chat, but anyway. <laughs> um we have we're having some really interesting discussions about about like you know, because we're filming season two now, so it gives us a lot of interesting mm-hmm. opportunities for 18. Um we talked about do we want there to be a sort of cumulative butterfly effect to the leaps? Um, but that just it got a little too precious for us. Do you know what I mean? In other words, like yeah. if Ben didn't do these exact 18 leaps, then these 18 changes wouldn't have happened, which is like, and I just like, I'm someone who's, I'm i am really emotionally driven. I'm kind of one of the people who's like responsible for like, how does it feel? How does it make you feel? What's the real version? Like, like too much <laughs> mythology, it's not that I tune out I really like it but like I'm a, I'm more emotionally driven so um we decided just gravitational navigation through time in terms of being able to slingshot to a goal whether that goal be the future or not whether that goal just be mm-hmm. a very mm-hmm. specific like you've got you know if time is moving said so say time is orbiting in front of you in a three dimensional sphere like like if you want to hit a year like okay you have to be pretty precise if you want to hit a day you have to be extremely precise like if you want to hit an hour on that day you'd have to be even more precise right like you have no wiggle room um so all of that builds up to what happens in 18
0: i will say that nice nice Um, going back to, uh, this episode specifically and been interrupted, um, the atmosphere of the episode, I think just pays off, um, in dividends because immediately it's unsettling. Um, what she's here. (laughs) How about that? Um, we'll let her get settled. Um, and, uh, and then she can. You can bring yourself on in here. Do you want
3: me to pop
4: on?
0: Um, yes, please.
4: I was just watching.
0: <laughs> Hi, Hello, everybody. Caitlin, hey, welcome Sam. Back how are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good. You. How are you? I'm good. Fantastic.
4: I could just start um, watching, so I'm not going to be incredibly helpful, but I'm pumped.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was telling them how uh, easy yeah, this episode be. was to film, Caitlin, how you told me this one was a breeze just
0: like this was
4: easy. I took a nap the whole time. This was so hard. This was <laughs> the hardest episode to film. Um, hi, Lexi. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was really, it was rough. It was just like, I mean, you guys saw it. It was heavy and scary and gross, Like, <laughs> just in the sense of like, you know, it's like not pretty. And then, yeah. you know, it's terrifying. And, you know, Ray and I are going through our. St- things and it yeah it was a heavy one um and also hi damon uh also i think and dean can confirm this i feel like the original cut came in like 10 minutes over time
2: yeah yeah so we
4: filmed a movie like there should be a director's (laughs) cut of
3: this (laughs)
0: Well, you know, you mentioned you mentioned how heavy it is, and how and how dirty it is, and there is this visceral quality to the episode, and in particular those last few minutes, you know, with like with you and and, and Raymond. Are I, I mean, there's blood. There's he's putting the lighter to his neck. He's you know, there's all of this you know this this gruesome stuff. Uh, not to mention, of course, the attempted lobotomy that happens earlier, um, but when you're, you know, when you're in that, in that moment, right. And, and, and Ben's laying there bleeding out and, and, you know, you've got, you know, magic talking into your ear and everything. Can you walk us just a little bit through that process? Because that's the type of stuff I think as an actor that it's, it's, it's hard to just get up and be like, okay, I'm done now, you know, and go on to the next thing. So what's, what's that like? What's that like for you?
4: Yeah. Well, it feels like, your best friend is dying or (laughs) you're, you know what I mean? To, it might not feel the full force of it because, you know, obviously parts of you, plenty of you knows it's not real. Um, But I will say, and I'm not sure if Dean knows this, we did every single piece of coverage of that scene in one take. Wow. Yep. Ray and I both did every, everything we did. We did in one take. Cause it was just like, you know, it's, yeah. he's dying. I'm watching my friend, Ray, and my, and, you know, Addison's Ben bleeding out. And
0: yeah.
4: As long as you can accept that as true, the rest of it kind of takes care of itself.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. The You know, one of the things that comes through um, in, in, in this episode episode two is the, the, the love story. You know, there are so many really wonderful moments um, that are, you know, that are heartbreaking because here you guys are so incredibly close and yet, you know, separated by decades, um, which I, which I really love. Can you talk a little bit just about um, when you, when you got the script, when you, you know, when you saw kind of how much of that was in there uh, while also knowing how harrowing things were going to get, um, what was your, you know, what were your initial reactions to that?
4: Well, I was excited, you know, because we've been waiting for all of these plot lines to come up. You know what I mean? And they finally revealed the Ziggy thing. And I knew that that was going to be a big scene. Um, I don't know if I really had a concept of how massive all of it in, you know, total would be. Uh but I mean, yeah. When I first read it, I was like, "Wow, this is a phenomenal episode." I'm so excited for it. I'm so excited for people to see it because we're really launching till the end of the season now. Like every, every right. all the things are really starting to 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 clear up. Um, so yeah, I mean, excitement, and then and then you know the the healthy dose of terror of like, "Wow, I hope I do a good job." <laughs> <laughs> Just that that part. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well you did. Yeah. You did a great job. I mean, I, yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the you know, when I because we got the screener earlier today, uh which is which is obviously a little late for us, which is why we're getting to do this. So it's awesome yeah. that that happened in a way. Um oh. but uh, uh you know, when watching that, like it it really took me back to some of the stuff from SOS (laughs) because there was like, I think just the emotional content and the quality of kind of like your, you know, the, the, the relationship with Ben um, and and after what you had gone through in SOS. and, And it's funny because I know that when you were on, on the show last, we talked a little bit about like, how might some of this carry through? And I, I felt like as I was watching, it did. Um, did you feel that as you were, you know, I- I- as you guys were filming? Um, was that something that was kind of like there for you, even if it was kind of unconscious? Oh, sure,
4: absolutely. I mean, everything about her journey, and and more importantly, their. Say hi to
2: Annalise, together. everyone who wrote the episode. She just
3: Annalise.
2: I'm good at wrangling. Oh, people. hello. As <laughs> Sam and Dennis know, I love hi, Annalise. hello, Annalise. Welcome.
3: Hi, nice producer. to meet you that's what a, If
2: you want to know what a producer does, this what a
0: producer does. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> brings everybody together. <laughs>
3: yes. Well, didn't didn't Caitlin do an amazing job acting this, guys?
0: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it was. We a were, great, in fact, it's funny. We,
3: phenomenal script. I mean, thanks. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, no, I completely agree. And that's, I mean, that's one of the things that we were just talking about right before you, you hopped on Annalise was the idea that, um, that there was, it felt like emotionally, anyways, that there was certainly some carryover, you know, from SOS and just in general with the, the arc that some of these characters have been on all season long anyway. Um, you know, and how mm-hmm. intentional some of, excuse <clears> me, <throat> how intentional some of that was. Um, mm-hmm because again i mean, i feel like that there that this episode paid off a lot of things not just kind of in in, mm-hmm. in the myth you know arc kind of area but also with some of the character development and certainly with mm-hmm. the uh the romantic aspects between Ben and Addison mm.
2: um,
3: yes yes that was that was my personal goal i've i've just been the assistant this season so i've had a privilege of mostly taking a back seat watching the writers do their amazing work but As a fan, just of the show, as a viewer, I, like, really wanted to invest in Ben and Addison in their romance since we started the season at their engagement party, so... I was, I was really most excited about that in this episode. We were also, I thought this was a big Addison episode just because we got to see her be a little active in the Leaps. All the writers, we love Caitlin and how great she is at performing and just the character in general. So we were excited, especially Drew Lindo was super excited about the opportunity to have Addison and Martinez have like a conversation and have her actually be able to talk to someone in the Leaps
0: yeah that's a great point. I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, it, because first of all, I thought that that was wonderful, and I completely agree. The opportunity to see Addison as active as she was and to see like even the moment at the end uh, as well, with her kind mm-hmm. of willing Ben to climb up that ladder, get in that car, you know, keeping him awake. like there was definitely a lot of agency on her part that went far beyond just, you know i'm I'm here for emotional support. I'm here to give you information. I'm here, you know, which which obviously is been wonderful prior to this, but I agree. There was definitely a lot more agency and action that, that took place within the course of the episode. Um, I completely lost my question. Uh, maybe <laughs> Dennis will grab it for well, me. I, uh, I, I do, you know, so here, the things- so
2: the Oh, go ahead, I to tell you just real quickly was because Annalise, I told them how we put you through the outline in an entirely different episode. Oh yes, that
3: did happen. <laughs> and, that's,
2: and I blame myself because early on I was like, I don't know, I don't know, and it just goes to show you sometimes you should be more decisive because you can save your writer mm-hmm. um, time, but I just want to say like You know, Annalise did such an incredible job on the script, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. when the writer's assistant steps up and and not only does one great script, but frankly does a great script and a really good outline for another script, like that (laughs) makes our jobs so easy. But what was, I cannot tell you, like there are three or four episodes in season one that were extremely hard to do. And this is probably right at the top of the list because we Mm -hmm. knew we wanted Martinez and Ben to work together. And Martinez and Ben working together has the effect of kind of hijacking the leap from mm-hmm. the original story. You know what I mean? Like you're so, but you can't hijack it so much that you're just like, oh, what's her name? I don't care if she gets off the island. So it was like a really, I analyzed it a really challenging balancing act to do. Um, and it was um, like as a room, we talked about how early should should the leaper X come in? Should it be after one commercial break, should it be after two commercial breaks? <laughs> like, um, and I think ultimately she found she found the magic combination that I think was believable. And um, you know, I found the twist of him stabbing Ben. I just I thought yeah. I yeah. Oh. crushed it. I yeah, yeah.
3: was I have to, remember. if you don't mind me giving credit, um that you know, was <laughs> Martin Giro had that had that pitch actually when we were breaking the episode. He was like, and what if then get stabbed. And we were oh, all just yeah, like, what? And we were, most of us were like, no, we're not going to do that. But, but <laughs> like many things with Martin, first of all, like he's, he's the showrunner. Um, but second of <laughs> all, I mean, he's really smart and he's sometimes just like a little ahead of like where, like at least my brain was. So for like five minutes, I was like, I don't know, man. But then afterwards <laughs> we, we fought to keep it in when we were doing the, when we did the outline and then went to the, script that we did now there was a little bit of discussion of should ben still get stabbed and we're we're glad he did yeah. oh, it was hu- funny my my husband looked at me when we were watching he said did you just stab ben i was like <laughs> yeah sorry he's <laughs> like no i liked him
2: we had talked about doing a like ben is dying in act five a couple of times during the season but this was this was the one
0: I, yeah, I, I I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think that it's one of the things that's kind of incredible about the episode. Uh, and, and I'd love to hear a little bit about this from you, Annalise, is that the fact that we've got, you know, so much stuff happening, so many reveals. We bring Leaper X in, they, you know, you're putting Ben in a life or death situation. You're, you're having these, you know, these awesome moments, uh, back at HQ and, and, you know, and Addison's got a lot to do. Uh, one of the things though that I feel like is never lost, uh, is of course the commentary on the just deplorable conditions, um, of this facility, uh, which unfortunately was all too common, especially in, in the fifties. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you balance something like that out so that you can, you know, still get into that, you know, the thematic element of just sort of this, you know, this, this, patriarchal kind of ideal of what mental fitness is Mm -hmm. and how it completely undercuts the acceptance of and treatment of mental illness, which is something that, Mm -hmm. you know, I've kind of been on my soapbox about at least since this afternoon when I saw the episode, but it's something that's always in my mind. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear about how you sort of were able to balance all of those elements while not losing the importance of of that thematically.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I was actually really nervous about it when we started breaking this episode. Um, yeah, it was actually, it's funny, Dean said Drew's coming on. Um Drew, <laughs> Lindo actually really wanted to do an insane asylum. And I was quite nervous about it just because you know, mental health is is really delicate and you want to be really intelligent about that sort of thing. And yeah, it was definitely a concern. I think our, our director, Jude Wang, did a fantastic amount of research on the time period and was able to come up with some really good um realistic sets for us. Um As far as just how the patients were treated, I think Judith to me was a very special character. I've had a few um, friends and close family members struggle with infertility. And Mm. even nowadays, it's something that's very hard to talk about in the whole postpartum depression, but even just depression from losing an unborn child is a very real thing. And that a lot of people, I've had friends and family members who weren't really understood in that struggle. And and yeah, so that was a real inspiration to us. Um, you know, obviously there were some people in these facilities with more, um, you know, severe conditions, but we really wanted to, or I really was excited to have Judith be that character that the, they care, that our characters kind of get to know and love since, you know, the women who've lost pregnancies. That's not just something that's talked about a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's a really wonderful point. And I think that, you know, using, using the word hysteria, even and the fact that her, you know, her ex-husband is the one that had her committed. um, And and obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, it's impossible to escape, you know, the misogynistic um, connotation that a word like hysteria even has in the first place. Um, So I think that it was, it was actually very powerful. And it, and it certainly made the end with magic, you know, telling Janice that, you know, she, she was happy, she adopted a child, you know, I just thought mm-hmm. that that was really uh, a, a touching moment. I, I you know, I, I enjoyed that um, that sense of wrap up for her um, because it's obviously mm-hmm. that's the point, right? Of the show is to make mm-hmm. these things that went wrong, you know, better. And and that certainly mm-hmm. seemed like the mission was accomplished. Um, mm-hmm. I drew 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 Lindo. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. What um, is
5: this little party happening? I had no idea. <laughs> <I didn't that> <laughs> <things> <laughs> Hi
4: Stop, Drew.
5: Hi Caitlin. Hi. Uh, can we all wish Caitlin a happy birthday? Because it was just her birthday recently. Right. So can we do that? That's right. Happy birthday, Caitlin. Thanks. There? Happy,
3: happy birthday.
4: Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, Drew came happy to my birthday. birthday brunch and then left and didn't pay for his meal. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
5: can I just say, hold on, folks. Hold wow. on. I've been framed. I've been framed. <laughs> <Yes>. I've been I- framed. <laughs> I Venmoed someone and then was told, and then the was returned to me. I was told that Caitlin covered the whole birthday brunch by herself. This it's is just It's because people brought presents. Uh, the rest of our lives. <laughs> That's we right. tried to That's pay, right. and I was denied. So,
1: This is our next TikTok right here, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <I'm> putting <laughs> down the timestamp
0: right there. <laughs> Writing it down. So, uh, uh, you know, obviously, once again, we we wish you a happy birthday via social media. But now that you're here, happy birthday, Caitlin! Thank um, you so much. I just have a question to ask you, though. It's your birthday. You were you paid for brunch?
4: Well, because I, I forgot to I forgot to say no presents, and then people showed up with presents, and then I was like, I can't ask people to come to my birthday. It's like, here, please pay. To come out to brunch and pay for a present. Like, I'm a jerk. So I just... And I, I'm I'm a sneaky one anyway. I'm like, you got to watch me. I'll sneak a car to the waitress when no <laughs> one's looking. Okay. Generally, Ray and I fight for it. So... Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So... And Drew attempted and he obviously venmo somebody... <laughs> he tried
5: <laughs> remained nameless and then rebuffed so that, that's i'm gonna ninja pay for something at some point and 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 have mentioned for the, this slide
0: yeah drew just do the just do that i've got to use the restroom thing that's what i yeah, that's yeah, what i've do. done in the past you know right you just you just yeah pardon me i'll be right, right back slide a card across the table and be done with it yeah
2: right. <laughs> next year
0: uh, I'm just glad to hear it's not a case of somebody just setting the bill up like in the middle of the table and waiting to see who's going to take it, and everybody just sits there, kind of like no, you know, who's going to do it. Well, <laughs> generally we
4: stare at Deanard Martin, but Ernie was there, so that's the, that's the third person. You uh, Mr. Hudson, I believe somebody was in Ghostbusters. Hands up, hands up if you right, were yeah. in Ghostbusters.
0: You've got Ghostbusters money. See, so you're buying. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Um, I, I'm so thrilled that you're all here. This is really great. And, and, and I, I, you know, I speak for everybody in the room that we appreciate you guys coming by. Um, you know, want to get that out of the way before we start grilling you. Uh- uh, no. There's not going to be any grilling. <laughs> um, one of the things that I, I did kind of um, uh, remember that I wanted to ask earlier, and I, I think either Dean or Annalise might be the best person to answer this, or Drew perhaps, or, or Caitlin, you can hop in on this one too. The decision to have Addison have the ability to see, uh, or excuse me, have Martinez have the ability to see Addison. Um, I'm curious what went into that, um, and 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 just what was the you know the the decision behind that? Obviously over the course of the episode, I mean, it makes total sense like from a narrative perspective, but just from that like sort of technical, you know, pseudoscience quantum leap perspective of like, Ooh, he can see her. How is that possible? Is that just because again the project, you know, that that he's on is also using Ziggy, you know, as is kind of assumed here, um, or is there or is there something more more to it? Drew, go for it. See, this is um, this is weird because we stopped working hours ago, but now I'm raising my hand
5: with an emoji like we do every day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, any, we do. Not anything any way I, I, anybody else's answer, but I will say that one of my memories from the original show is Al being like, "She is evil, Sam." She like there was a whole like, I forget which leap episode that was, but there was a whole episode where people were acknowledging other leapers and holograms. So that's that was a part of one thing that was talked about at one point, which is like those rules, some version of those rules had been established, I believe, but Annalise should talk about this because she wrote this episode, not myself.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. There was obviously the original um, Evil Leaper episode. By the way, Drew Lindo did contribute something very cool to this episode that you need to ask him about. His, i He came up with Ziggy as the mole. Mm-hmm. So that is Ooh. that is Drew's, Drew's um, pitch. So you should ask him about that. But... Yeah, back to this. Um, yeah, well, it probably won't shock you. I wasn't an original viewer of the show because I wasn't born yet, but um, I did obviously watch it when I, I started working on the series, and you know, I had a chat with Deborah Pratt about it, um, and she was—I she had a different memory than you did, Drew, where she seemed to recall that the leapers and the holograms couldn't typically talk, but we rationalized it that because the evil leapers, right, they were using a different machine than, than Sam Beckett was. um, Whereas this is the same technology. So we were able to rationalize it by saying that they're using the same technology. And we've also, as you know, you know, Jen was a hologram in um, episode 15 and then briefly in episode 12, Ian was a hologram. So we've kind of it's less of, you know, the sinking to brainwaves thing. I'm rambling because I'm uncomfortable talking about this. So I'll stop, but...
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, you're doing also, great. On, on you're great. great. You're doing awesome. Also, yeah. on, a, on a creative level, though, we, we recognize that Caitlin, who's so talented and so fantastic every week, is is very limited in in who she gets to play scenes with when she goes into Ben's Leaps. So for us, oh, it sure. was a rich opportunity to activate Addison in a way where she could actually, really actually come to Ben's aid in a way that she's never able to do before because of this, this crossing of, of, uh, of, the time travelers in a, in a leap.
0: Yeah. I, well, I mean, I, and again, we talked a little bit about that earlier. Uh, I, I just really thought that that was cool to have the opportunity, you know, for her to do more on the leap. Um, Caitlin, you, you know, talk about, that the 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 fact that it wasn't just you know HQ scenes or you were with Ben that there was the opportunity for you to actually have you know this this contact outside of that on the leap.
4: It was fantastic. It was like the first time that I felt like uh like I was operating. You know what I mean? Like I was mm. I had a lot of agency and. Um, you know, there's this, it's interesting when you're playing scenes where I'm trying to help somebody get a goal rather than me having direct access to, it's just, it changes how you, you're, you you change from the coach of the basketball team to a player. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just, there's something different there. Um, so that was really, really, really cool. And also, you know, Walter's great. Uh, so it was just really cool to, like, play that because we don't know if he's going to help. We don't know if is going to help, obviously. Uh, right. That went sideways on us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I love it, and I've, I'm really appreciative of the writers for, for opening up that avenue for me. Uh, but in general, just allowing Addison to rely on her own information and abilities and not just so much like, here's the, here's Ziggy, here's information. Like actually, you know, relying on her own uh,
2: prowess. If you go back and watch this episode, one of the things you'll catch is that it's not a group decision for Addison to go back in and talk to Mm. Martinez. In fact, Addison makes the decision as she senses there's conversation going on about what to do and what not to do. And she kind of puts together, like, yeah, I'm not, this conversation's no bueno. And yeah. I'm just going to leave it. I have the clues I need and I'm doing my plan. And then magic ultimately supports her plan. But, you know, it's one of, if not the first time, where Basically, you had Addison make a decision about what was going to happen in the leap without really getting the full sign off from Magic. Because, I mean, let's be honest, they're, they were debating letting Ben fail. And Addison's just like, I'm out of here. Right. It's like, I'm not <laughs> letting Ben fail. And I'm going to trust Martinez and risk all of this. And it's a pretty big risk, especially given how close Ben comes to dying. Um right. And that's cool. I like that because it's motivated from character, but it but I will leave it coming from Addison because she's got such good instincts and she is a combat leader and she does know people. And I think it's very effective, even how she reasons with Martinez, basically, about like almost positioning herself like a Ziggy. Like, here's a better plan, Martinez. She knows she's not gonna to appeal to his morality, she's not gonna to appeal to his humanity. She's gonna appeal right. to one thing. You've got a mission, soldier it's the same mission as ours. You proved that in 14. So Mm -hmm. let's do this. And then maybe let's her guard down just one notch too much
0: and let's Ben get stabbed, which I blame her for. (laughs) Sure. That's my fault. (laughs) That's completely unfair. Um, Well, no, I, I mean, those are excellent points. And I think that one of the cool things to see, you know, just kind of from that acting perspective, Caitlin, is it gives you a very different, objective and a very different kind of obstacle from what we've seen you know previous and 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 it's really great you know and again it's you know the 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 level of agency to just kind of say like i'm doing this um was was wonderful to see uh obviously addison's military background comes into play uh, over the course of the episode um you know and 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 i don't know what you can talk about or want to talk about or anything like that but i am just kind of curious you know for you personally um you know what was it like to have those opportunities to have those discussions because obviously with the the discussion with martinez is very much you know it, it it feels like two soldiers speaking to one another and then at the end of the episode as you're kind of you know you know urging ben on to 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 climb that ladder and get in that car it's very much it feels you know very much again like a commanding officer saying you know you you're doing this you're completing that mission so i'm curious as to what that felt like for you and 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 when you you know when you saw that stuff um you know how how it might have how it might have touched you
4: I mean it just it's something I have a lot of access to it feels like a version of myself that I know um and it feels like a good place to fall back on when shit goes sideways so Mm. what you know what I mean so when things went really sideways It was actually kind of a really cool, unique experience to be able to fall back on something in a very specific way um, that felt, you know, like a version of home. Mm. Um, You know, I'm sure there's other people that have experiences that are similar that are outside of the military. If if you were part of any sort of group or even a work, you know, setting can create uh shorthands and ways of speaking to each other that don't necessarily need all of the softness and the niceness and the um you know flowers that I might have delivered that same to get the same outcome to a different person. I, I probably would have taken a lot of heat off and uh a lot of bottom-lineness but I I mean I think they really wrote it well and it was just yes. easy to separate into in that way.
0: Yeah. What, what did you think of the fact that Magic, you know, calls you Captain Augustine, and that, and I'd love to hear from Annalise from this one as well, you know, since, since she wrote it. But, but but I want to ask you first, Caitlin, the you know when when Magic comes over the handlink, and you know, and Captain Augustine as opposed to you know Addison or or you know anything else, it, it feels like a call to action in a different way.
4: Yeah, it absolutely was. He was speaking on a different level to a different version, but well, not a different, but a very specific version of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's very, it's something I'm very familiar with. There's still people in my <laughs> life that'll call me Sergeant Bassett every once in a while. And it's like,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: right, right. Uh, you know, it's just
2: when you're right. in trouble, <laughs> uh,
4: either, yeah, either when I'm in trouble or, um, or they're just, they, that's how they knew me. And it was yeah. like, oh yeah, Sergeant Bassett th- did this or that. Like, oh God, that was a lifetime ago, but I remember it. And I remember the relationship that we had and how it was colored by the military. So it just um it worked. And yeah. and and I I made sure somebody read that line when we were shooting it. Because obviously Ernie wasn't there. Sure. But there was something about I mean, having that, it did help me settle into like, okay, okay, like get out of girlfriend mode and get into
0: operator mode. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I I, I love that. I love that. Uh, Annalise, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, writing that moment?
3: Yeah, sure. Happy to. Um, I would say this was actually one of my favorite moments of the episode. When we were breaking this in the room, you know, most of these scripts are actually a real collaborative effort with a lot of the writers contributing wonderful ideas. Um, This one was one of the uh, small parts that I will take credit for because on the board it just said, like, Addison uses Ziggy to convince Martinez... To help Ben and I was like well what are we gonna do with that um (laughs) that's a little vague um and I just thought um when I was writing the outline I recalled um when Caitlin was cast Caitlin I believe you had a background in intelligence am I making that up that's nope that's right yep okay great awesome so I remembered that and I was like well you know why don't we why don't we pull that in you know she was kind of like the intelligence officer and then it it bringing it back with magic just felt right I always love a good callback if you bring something up to then close it at the end but yeah I thought it was just it's good to I wanted a chance to talk more about Addison as a character not just like the hologram reading the hand you know to just dig yeah. into her backstory and how she's really an accomplished person um you know before becoming our, our wonderful hologram who makes excellent jokes you know
0: <laughs> Absolutely, I, it feels at, you know at this point in the series too. It all it all feels so well earned and it feels so owned, you know, by by the actors as well. That you know the, it's great to get to really see some of the stuff from the characters. And certainly, I feel like we've had a number of moments with Addison, in particular, with this episode and SOS, and even paging Doctor Song, where we've really gotten to get inside uh, uh, her mind a little bit and 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 her background uh, even more in in very you know in very functional ways and in, in ways that aren't necessarily just exposition. Position or, you know, somebody rattling off details, um, which is, which is great. Um, one of the things that, that I, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, which I very well could be, it happens often in the original draft of the pilot. I think Addison was actually, uh, had been, um, like a a, a medical specialist in the military or something like that was the decision to go away from that and and lean into the intelligence thing. Did that have to do with Caitlin's own background in intelligence or was that just kind of separate and kind of a happy accident? Dean drew anyone? That's a Dean question. Seems like
3: I actually think in the
4: original pilot, like are you talking about the one from uh, over a year ago? Like
0: yes. Mark pilot. Yeah. Yeah.
4: No, I think she was Intel.
0: Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, she was into okay. it, because I
4: remember being reading it and being like, did they call my mom? Like, it was very <laughs> close to my life. Yeah, it okay. was, like, weirdly close. And then I think, obviously, yeah. when I got cast, they tripled down on
0: it. For sure, for sure. Um, Drew, let's get to it. All right. It was your idea. You're the one. You're the one that old-school fans well, are going to be like, what now, the now, hell was he thinking? Analyze, what, have what have you done, Analyze? <laughs> Let's just say
5: this. There's not a whole lot I can say about this because until we see next week's episode, I would say the contextual side of what that revelation means has yet to be explored. Um, but but clearly, I will say that, uh, you know, an all-seeing, all-knowing, uh, hyper-advanced artificial intelligence system that is absorbing data throughout history at all times is... Uh, pretty omnipresent and connected to a lot of devices would be pretty hard to uh, keep secrets around. So yeah. I do think Janice's motivations for the season make a little bit more sense now that uh, that uh, the this giant all-seeing eye uh, inside of Quantum Leap may or may not be trustworthy. Is that me dancing? That's me dancing around.
0: <laughs> I know I, I think it was some great great dancing. Uh, I you okay, know, Drew, I'll just I've call you Sabian Glover.
2: I've already talked about the fact that in the world of time, like good guys and bad guys that you can almost argue is defined by who's the, who's the person leaping from the furthest in the future. Right. Because something mm-hmm. we talk about all the time is yeah, everybody thinks they're the good guy.
3: Yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks they're
2: the hero in the story. I mean, if it's not, you know, I mean there, it's not an accident that when we met Martinez, you know, he's, he's an upstanding young man who's willing to sacrifice for his country. Like that's not, you know, like that, that's, that can be your antagonist. You know what I mean? Your antagonist can be yourself um, or a future version of yourself. So I I think like it, to me, it's just, it just makes so much sense. Um, And, and frankly, if it weren't Ziggy, I think we would have much more splaining to do. <laughs> like
1: <laughs> so, I, I have a really nerdy question for the writers. So, like, the Evil Leapers were brought up in this episode, and it's been pointed out, you know, ever since Martinez entered the picture, is that while it was never said on screen in the original series, in one of the scripts of the Evil Leaper episodes, it very definitively says that the Evil Leaper project takes place in 2020. <laughs> no, I'm sure. No, I'm sure you are not operating that this, right this, now. That was in a script,
5: but never made it to air. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, it was. It was yeah. in a script, but it was never actually said. It's so not outside. officially
5: canon because it wasn't on screen. <laughs> hey, oh,
1: look at them! Already trying to. I'm out of here. They're already trying to get us. No. <laughs> so I am just I, I'm curious. Like, I, I'm sure you're gonna. Uh, do you have an idea, like a retconning of that, of where the evil leapers did come from? What year?
5: That's a, that's well, Martinez
3: a, is uh, not an uh, evil uh, leaper in this one. one. <laughs> we reference them as something from, from the original series, but in our mm-hmm. timeline, we haven't explored any evil leapers because Martinez is a leaper from the future using our accelerator. So right. the jury's still out on... Like, he's not an evil leaper. We call him that, you know, or you might suspect he is, but he's not from that Lothos
1: world. World, sure. I My... my the, the question I was trying to ask is like, but obviously like Aaliyah and Zoe and that Evil Leaper, Leaper Project does now officially exist in, in this version of Quantum Leap. Were they in 2020 or do you have an idea? Have you even thought about like, was this project like even further out in the future?
2: Who knows? I mean, maybe Sam got him. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's out there. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, you know, one of the things that I think is really interesting, uh, two things, actually, I I love the idea of secrets, you know, Janice had that incredible line uh, a few episodes back about about secrets and about how, you know, time travel is kind of like, you know, you, you have a time machine, there, there can be, you know, no secrets. Uh, once you say something, it's, it's out there. Um, and, you know, and, 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 and the idea that technology it, itself thematically, I would say for a good chunk of the series has been, you know, explored as this, you know, as this thing that's like, Oh, it's helping us. It's this benevolent force. It's this, you know, and, and, and then we, you know, we come to see, well, Hey, that's likely not true that there are, there are consequences. And, um, I don't expect an answer here, but going, you know, going into the finale, um, how, how much of that is going to be explored? Excellent. So, um, (laughs) my
2: my next question is, (laughs) you said you don't expect an answer. I know. I really, we, we, we Uh, we follow instructions. (laughs) I was, I was, I was just,
0: I was just mining that for, 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 for a bit. No. Um, I, but but I do think that yeah that, that, that there have been some some really wonderful themes and seeing Ziggy you know revealed as the mole seeing the ominous you know red lights lighting up at the end it's it's going to strike a chord with a lot of viewers people I think that are you know new to the series through this iteration people that are you know coming back to the series as fans of the classic series like it carries a lot of weight so without spoiling anything Drew you, you know having that decision and and, and I agree you really don't I don't think you could have made it anyone else like it couldn't have been Addison it couldn't have been Ian it couldn't have been Jen it couldn't have been Magic like I just don't think that that would have would have played at all in 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 any way that viewers would have you know been like oh yeah you know what's next um so with the decision to 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 have it be you know Ziggy like what you're not going to answer this question. Well, we're, well, let me just put it this: way. Our,
5: our, our, yeah. obviously, our iteration of Ziggy <laughs> is different from the original iteration of Ziggy, just in terms of like we're you know Ian put together a lot of the code back together and line by line. So there's there's been a transformation of some degree, right? Even just the fact that we're not currently utilizing Ziggy as an actual voiced character within the show. So something is, has changed over the course of one series to the other. But I would say that like yes, we are telling a story in which. The technology we're using clearly someone else is using it uh at another in another point in time and so uh i think margarita's episode was sort of teasing some of these ideas in mm-hmm. the reactor right which is this this warning that technology can no matter what its best intentions are in the wrong hands who knows what can happen so i think you know people yes ziggy's the mole is a badass act out and, and it certainly gives people <laughs> talking <laughs> but we didn't say that evil Ziggy, nor did we say that Ziggy has betrayed the trust of time travels all over. We're just saying that that there is, uh, you know, there, sensitive information clearly. And also, again, in that, in episode 10, I believe, when J.S. Um, when being questioned, she was teeing all this stuff up, which is just that, like, none of this information is safe in, inside of this building, essentially, when time travel is involved. So we've been prepping for it in little breadcrumb kind of ways, I think. Um, But that's not to say that we are assassinating the characters. We're just saying that, you know, clearly we're not the only ones operating it.
0: That is an, an excellent distinction to make, and 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 for the record, I never thought that that you were assassinating the character, or um, you know that 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 this meant that you know now Ziggy's evil or, or anything like that at all. Um, I but I do. That th- I do that to Deborah. Deborah right. would kill me, I, would kill I, well, me. I was getting that was going to be my next question. My next question is is like, what does Deborah think about all this? Can you answer that yet? Is that something know, we'll she, have to say? She for hasn't later? talked to us for the last month. Um. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> i Just stormed out um that's apropos because ziggy hasn't spoken either no no no. Um,
2: deborah's supportive of anything uh, that that comes from a thematic place that um ultimately she doesn't feel like um collides with anything truly important uh, from the original and so for example like if we were to say ziggy has turned malevolent and Ziggy has Ziggy has become say Lothos. Like that would might be a Deborah conversation that we would have. Sure. Um, but you know, again, if you if and when people go back and watch this season from episode one, and I'm I'm intrigued for people to do that, especially given this sort of feeling um that the show's gotten stronger as we go on, you know, Janice almost from the beginning has been trying to figure out the, the motivations of everybody at QL, right? Like she was running predictive software on them. Like she had them fence on Ziggy. Like Janice has known what Ben told her, which is, I, I, I mean, you can go, you can imagine the scene. Hi Janice, it's Ben Song. Like I need you to do me a favor. Um, I need you to blow up your entire fucking life. Because the world, you know, is like all sorts of horrible shit could happen unless you help me do this leap. And she's just like, great. Well now, like, thanks. My dad's project is like, you know, all this Stacy stuff. I have to do it. I'm not that thrilled about doing it. And I have to work with people that I don't really like. Um, And I think when you look at it from that perspective, like she's been actually incredibly consistent all year. And the one thing she didn't know is who it was. And in this episode, I mean, she's like us. We didn't think of Ziggy. She didn't think of Ziggy. And yeah. then she has that revelation. Like, ah, makes sense. It's Ziggy.
0: I mean, it, it, I think, again, I think it's an incredible moment that'll that'll carry a lot of weight and have people wondering, you know, what the hell is going to happen, especially going into these last two episodes. Um you're talking about Janice. She has a couple of of just wonderful moments. One of my favorites is the interaction with Addison, where you know Addison comes out of the imaging chamber, like "What the hell is she doing here?" And uh, I love that. I love Janice's lines. I thought we were good now. Um, uh, At least, do you want to talk a little bit about that little exchange? And then Caitlin, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well.
3: I, I'd love I to wish I could take. I so wish I could take credit for that. I believe that was either Martin or Dean um, adding a beautiful showrunner polish to the script. I wish I could take credit for it. I think it's hysterical (laughs) because they actually do leave on pretty good terms. Right. Um, You know, the last time they spoke. So I think it was brilliant. I, I really enjoyed that. I also... Janice is so fun to write, and I will say that the actress who plays her is absolutely lovely. She's such yeah. a nice person, and I'm not say I was surprised because I know she's a good actress. I was like, wow, you you're so nice. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> but um, but and just just like Janice, you know, Janice is misunderstood. You know, she's not evil. Absolutely. But anyway, I defer to Caitlin, who had a lot of fun with this scene. Caitlin was very eager to like. I did have a lot of. I well, first of it. all,
4: I love any scene with Janice. Because um, it's the only character I can openly dislike. I'm I'm like, (laughs) you ruined my life. I do not like you. I want to hurt you. The only reason I am not doing so is because you have information I eventually need. And if (laughs) they would let me, I'd probably hurt you to get it. (laughs) But, um, But also, yeah, so, and like, I mean we ended it on good terms. Like, even though she throw me a bone, like it's one of those things where it's like, it's a con artist telling you a piece of truth. Like, thanks a bundle, but you've been screwing me for months now. Like, you know, I appreciate whatever you're saying, but I'm going to take it with a glacier of salt. And like, I am not swayed at all on the Janice yeah. front. And I don't think Addison was ever swayed. Um, So it makes it really, really fun because she's like, she's probably, you know, she's a genius. She's smarter, but it's one of those things where like, God, just talk a little more because you might be smarter, (laughs) but we're in a room now. Um, And so that's fun. And then Georgina is like five foot, nothing of just powerhouse. Like she can get (laughs) under your skin in the best way in like a way you want an actor to get under your skin and just needle you. So like handing her those little needly lights. Cause I think like in 11, she's like, she said something about a, a bomb dropping. And I heard, so she was like, <laughs> boom. And I was like, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I hate you, but it's so fun in the best way. And like, I want more of her. I want, Georgina all the time I want her and I to just get into it all the time it's just one of my favorite parts about later in the season when Addison and and, uh, Janice finally got to like collide yeah
0: yeah I mean, I think you you are certainly not alone. I think I think everybody wants more more Janice. So I'm I'm glad that we got her. I you know, it's funny because uh knowing that that this was coming, that we were going to get more of her this week and hearing people just say, like, where's Janice? Where's Janice? And it was just sort of like, just wait, just wait, it's gonna be worth it. Um and, well, and I'm so glad. Janice was no. Um, it's funny because earlier i had to i had to completely just dance around it with with dennis because he didn't watch the screener and so he sent me a message saying something like you know i look i just i just want to see janice and i just i wanted so badly but you gotta see janice don't worry um but no, I mean, she's fantastic. And I, and I, and I love that exchange. Another exchange that I loved too. Um, and, and Annalise, you said that this was Mason, um, w- that they came up with the line. Um, uh, Oh gosh. In, in the, in the, you know, computer voice. You uh, are welcome, it. Addison. Thank you. Yes. 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 Uh, I thought that that was also just a, a wonderful moment. Um, it, it it feels weird right now because you know Ian is clearly saddled with all of this stuff and you know the the information of what future Ian is going to do but also of course the pressures of what Ian has to do right here and right now and and they're they're clearly mm-hmm. under a lot of pressure and and I think that they're also seen as a bit of an emotional support for the the other members of the team at times we see it with Jen or we've seen it with Addison mm-hmm. um so I would love to hear and and any you know, any of you can can jump in and and answer this but I'll start with you and Elise about you know what when you're writing the character of Ian for this episode like what frame of mind do you kind of picture them being in at this particular point in the season
3: Mhm. Yeah, I, I love the character of Ian. I want to pivot really quick though, just a brief aside yeah. about where we found Janice. It was um I was so excited oh, that yeah. we got to bring back Beth Calavici because she's just a fan yes. favorite of the writer's room. And we weren't we weren't sure if we were going to be able to do it. So I was just so thrilled. Um I always love kind of the lighter moments in our show somewhat. I, you know, that we were discussing a while back, you know, well, where is Janice? And I, I just love the idea of getting to go to um Beth Calavici's house. Um
0: yeah. I love that I just, she was under house arrest at Beth's. I just, I love yeah. that.
3: <laughs> yes. She was so in we timeout. Yeah, <laughs> She was in
0: timeout. Adult timeout. <laughs>
5: when you poison your mom, you got to stay there and do yeah. It. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I'll, I will answer your question about Ian because they're they're a fantastic character, and I will say that um, in our season finale, they have an incredible scene. They have an incredible arc that I'm really excited for you all to see. Um, I think that what's interesting is Ian and Ben have a very deep friendship, and I believe the next episode will dive into that a little bit. So I think Ian, we've often talked about them as a very ethical, moral person. So I think this has been a challenging time for them, you know, because not only is, are they learning about what their future self did, but Martinez is kind of a, a morally ambiguous person, you know. He's not entirely bad. I'm trying not to say too much. I'm very new to the podcast. World, so I'm just going to leave it at that. I love it. It's okay. I'll Patrick start beeping and, you. And thank you. Please do. I'm, well, Beep. I'm like, Dean, just like text me. Anyway. Um. Anyway, Um. someone let me know. I really like my job. I need to pay my rent. So, um, I don't want to say too much, but, uh, I will say that Mason and Caitlin acting together was so much fun. They're clearly very good friends. <laughs> and there's something that you guys didn't get to see. But during one of those scenes, I got to do a slate of an episode, um, like where the, you do the director slate and you do it. Yeah. And yeah. Caitlin messed with me during it. And she's like, you did it wrong. And I like, totally freaked out. And it was very entertaining. <laughs> didn't make the cut, obviously. But they have wonderful <laughs> chemistry together on scene.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely true, uh, Caitlin. You, you know, you you talked briefly. We didn't get a chance to talk about it a whole lot because obviously, in SOS, you didn't have a whole lot of scenes with them. Um, but uh, talk a little bit about you know, your relationship with Mason, but also Addison's relationship with Ian, because I, again, I do think it's important. I think that Ian, you know, it's, it's so interesting the way the characters revolve around one another, you know, that, 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 they're they're kind of their own solar system in a way, because it's not just a a case of one character being sort of the pivot point. There's really this sense of kind of, you know, everybody orbiting one another in ways that are incredibly important. And so I'm, you know, I'm curious as to what that's like off screen as well as on screen. Off screen, Mason is a monster—just
4: <laughs> a bully. And a mo- no, Mason's so wonderful. From the moment we met, and it's not a story I'm going <laughs> to share now, but I'll share <laughs> it. Uh, we like we met in a makeup trailer. I called them a name. It was fine, and immediately we became best friends. And because <laughs> they were acting like that name. And (laughs) it's just, um, Mason's been really fun. Uh, and are such a just vibrant, alive human being. And we're actually from, we're from a similar place and we, our families have some kind of similar backgrounds and we both lived in New York. So we had a lot of crossover. Um, and, uh, just so just as friends and like somebody like a, a bit of a mentor and a scene partner, we've always, I've, I, in particular, have always really appreciated uh, my scenes with Mason. Even though I understand full well, uh, they will steal it. <laughs> it will be Mason's <laughs> scene, and I understand... Like, there, it's just, there's some things that um, you understand, and when they do things like emergencies, or tag that scene with uh, <laughs> the Ziggy robot voice, I'm like, was I even in that scene? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, but that's the fun of working with Mason and having a character like Ian, who not only is so full of heart and love, but is just so fun and has the the left and right, you know, attitude to just to, 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 to explore and to have fun. Uh, so in a personal way, Mason is one of the best human beings I've ever met and, uh, a phenomenal actor. And I feel like, um, the Academy needs to just go ahead and open up a, a different, uh, uh, gender Award, because they'll be there soon. Um, from an Addison-Ian perspective, uh, it's, again, one of my favorite places, because it's it's really the one place that Addison can just take it all off and lean on somebody who is not only her one of her best friends, but she trusts implicitly to have her back. Not that she doesn't with gender magic, but there's just a clear connection Mm -hmm. with Ian there. Um, so I, I've always cherished the scenes when we just get a little beat to ourselves, um, or even, you know, not necessarily, but just a moment between the two of us that it can be fun and light and get the job done. Um, and it always feels Mm -hmm. like, you know, when Mason needs something, like you said, we all orbit around each other. And I think the writers have done a really impressive job of, of making sure where somebody's weak, somebody else is strong. And I think that's, um, it's just smart writing, honestly.
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely. One of the things that, um, you know, that I, that I've been interested about, um, especially with the way that, that the characters sometimes interact, um, is the, the, the fact that there's a history uh, that exists that you know we're not party to right that the project's been around for a while these people have known one another for a while and uh, we, we've we've speculated at times even go so far as to half joke that you know were Ben and Ian ever an item before Addison came into the picture um, because because there's a closeness that's hinted at with the relationship with Ian um, that I feel like other than Addison it feels like their relationship was probably the closest relationship that Ben had before uh, he leapt out um, and I also and think. I'm curious
4: in that vein. I also think they're the only people that are as smart as each other Uh, to a certain extent, you know, I mean, maybe Janice, but Janice wasn't in on the team. So I think they can speak languages that, that just other people, you know, us regular human beings, (laughs) mortals can't speak. And so I do think that's, that's part of their closeness as well.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great, that's an excellent point. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because there is something, it's almost like what you were saying earlier about that shorthand, like, you know, like soldier to soldier or whatever that when you've got, when you've got two brilliant minds in the room, there is, there's kind of like this shorthand that might exist separate from, from anybody else around. Yeah. Um, Dennis, do you, do you have anything? Because uh, I got to be honest with you, I mean, I'm having a blast. I don't want it to end, but I'm, I'm, I'm running out of steam because it's, you know, 1130 here. <laughs> sure. Uh, so uh, two questions. These are uh, writer questions.
1: These, these are one I've seen has been asked on Twitter all night. Have the writers discussed whether or not Martinez has a hologram?
2: I agree oh. to
3: people who paid more than me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the look on Drew's face. <laughs> Martin and I have talked about it, and we have a very definitive answer. Right. Well, awesome.
4: Isn't that cleared up in 18, Dean? Like, don't,
2: don't you kind of. Oh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> or not? I don't know.
5: Guys, doing 18
2: the is so the exciting. Right now.
5: Mm-hmm. I'm
4: not gonna <laughs> no, that's right. It Eighteen. I saw a bit of it. I saw a bit of it. It's the only episode I got to preview a little. It's, it's
1: so excited. <laughs> nice. uh, and so, another question uh, along that vein, Dean. Earlier, you said like go back and watch the season from the beginning. And I'm curious, like episode three is where like Ian drops the thing of we know Ben is on a trajectory. It's going to take. I can't remember how what the exact line is. Like ten, maybe twenty leaps. If you had only gotten 13 episodes and you had to wrap it up really quickly, would we have seen basically the same story just in a more condensed version? Or did you have a different out for the end of the story that you were going to
2: use? No, I mean, no, no. We, I'm, I'm sure we would have. We would have wrapped up the story just because. Sure. I think we're so conscious of the open endedness of of. Sam Beckett and, mm-hmm. and, and sort of, we didn't want to duplicate that. Um, but, or as Martin likes to say, if they only give us 13, who the hell cares what we do? Cause no one's good. There's no season two. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, Martin's, you know, Martin's done over 400 episodes of TV. So he's eminently practical. Um, <laughs> but we, we, you know, I think we would have just probably cut out a couple of major steps you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what those would have been, um, but we were lucky enough to know we were always planning on more than 13 with the idea being, if we have to squish them, we'll we'll squish them. Um,
0: sure.
2: But I'm glad we didn't because I feel like it paces out pretty nicely this way. Mm. Um, well,
1: I say someone who is still wounded from the ending of the first quantum leap 30 years later we, <laughs> we appreciate that care and wrapping up a story even if it is only 13 episodes or it is. but
0: we're glad that it's not we're glad that <laughs> it's we're not. definitely <laughs> not i mean
2: never left home doesn't mean isn't still leaping
0: that's oh. right mm-hmm. i mean, I mean as far as deborah's concerned he's still out there right and wrong empty <laughs> um you guys you all are in uh, what are you like four episodes deep now into uh, season two as far as what you've gotten before cameras or, or three. I was three actually right just now? about
2: to ask Caitlin if she's seen episode four but I don't think we've released it
4: no like, sure haven't it's, it's fine like, we start shooting it Friday but don't worry just send <laughs> it whenever
0: I'll send it tomorrow <laughs> do, you guys need a, do you guys need a moment um <laughs> So it's so exciting. I mean,
2: time to learn a whole script while they're filming another script.
0: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) right.
4: While I'm an hour up north in the woods
0: oh in the woods you say
3: about oh come on
4: that
0: doesn't give anything away <laughs> no i know it's <laughs> a term When you say in the woods.
3: It's outside
4: it's <laughs> half outside
0: <laughs> um so i want to throw a question over to you drew um and and this is something you know dean you kind of talked about earlier too so uh, i'd love to hear from you as well but i want to start with drew the the notion that um you know that where we are now is the past to those in the future, right? And those in the future have a perspective that we don't. So they might look back on something that we've done and think that, it's it's a a wrong that needs to be right right and 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 in the original series we see a number of times for instance where sam writes a wrong and it results in people not being born or it results in you know people dying so i'm curious has that ever
5: that when they remember all these fond memories of quantum leap like it's it's all sunshine roses and music smells and hugs and no one's erased in the popular consciousness no
3: at all <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so well and, and but no I mean I, I think it is a really good point it's something that Dennis and I obviously two you know people that have a, a quadibly podcast we've had plenty of time to talk about it but the 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 notion that there are people out there that uh, that no longer exist um, and, and obviously the, the flip side of that is true but I'm curious if that is maybe motivated um, if not necessarily in a specific story manner like you're not out there trying to get no nose Pruitt's kids back alive or whatever but if that is necess- if that has maybe motivated some of the the thought process into you know the fact that just because you think you're setting something right doesn't mean that a future perspective won't necessarily say no 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 we need to go back and change this for this reason.
5: Yeah, I mean, I I, I do think everybody has their own interpretation of what, what quantum leap is, and and it can be many different things as its own beast because it, the kinds of varieties of stories it tells are are, are multifaceted. But we as a room have definitely talked about the fact that for every feel good episode, there's there's a Cobra Kai alternate POV on that episode that is not so uh, feel good, right? I mean, it, <laughs> exactly. everywhere there's a loser, you know? And so, and that's oh, yeah. true of any story ever, oh, right? Yeah. So like, we're all hugging, like, you know, Roy Gordon is like, he took my girlfriend, he took my championship, of that motherfucker. <laughs> that know, was so the, I red
4: teamed the shit out of that episode. <laughs>
5: no i still stand
4: by ben was the bad guy no, I mean, that guy was that guy
5: was we could tell there were some abusive vibes that guy had but anyways i i would just say, yeah we we talk about that and that's that's certainly strong motivations in in that you can get into if, if you want to but it's also like we also are trying to be careful not to puncture the, the magic fabric of the feel of what quantum wants wants to be for people and i think um i i what i admire about what martin and dean did this this year and and even next year is um i do think there are moments where where we dip into some elements of complexity a little bit that without disrupting that spell and i think um and i think when you get to the end of the season you'll feel you'll feel a sense of that and and we can we'll, we'll see how far we go and down those roads in the future but um, but yeah I mean Ben Ben's a know it all in every leap because he's from the future and anyone from further ahead would also feel they are morally uh, righteous in whatever they're doing so um, and, and, and if anybody knew the circumstances of how their life changed one day for the worse compared to our guest star's life for the better they'd be righteously pissed off so, um, <laughs> so it's, it's something we, we do talk about sometimes but we also like we don't believe that Sorry, I want to speak for everybody. For me, I don't believe the accelerator is out to just like survival of the fittest people. I think it really is uh, whatever whatever is powering this, whatever is in charge. I would I would hope it's trying to make the best decision for how life goes for for people. So that's what that's mm. just my interpretation.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned that. You know, we talked a little bit about about this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and throw this over to Dean. But I would love to hear everyone's opinion on this, quite frankly. But you know, magic has the beautiful Martin Luther King quote um, from a couple episodes ago about the moral arc of the universe, and the notion that you know there is some sort of force at work here beyond just pure technology um while also not necessarily leaning as much into the idea that it's you know god um as, as the original series did and leaving it open ended enough that you know god time fate or whatever still exists as an idea and as a concept in the revival you know but maybe in a little bit of a different way um I, you know i'm very curious as to kind of what that means to you and uh the forces that could be at work here um is that something that you would ever want to like make a concrete, you know, definite statement on? Um, Or do you think it does work better as being something that we get to kind of wonder about, you know, that there is some sort of benevolent force behind all of this, um, but that we don't necessarily know exactly what it is.
2: Well, I mean, I'll put it to you this way. Like, I think that, like, I, I don't mind saying that questions like that, And our characters asking questions like that, like what does this technology mean? How does it work? What view of the what is? What assumptions are you making, like about how it works? Um, Are fantastic questions that should be asked of our characters on screen by our characters who are sacrificing loved ones and like like you know at a certain point, it's like you know Addison's lost her fiance like yeah. uh, you know does she start to say to herself like but he's making the universe a better place like is am i okay with that trade i think spiritual questions like you're asking are going to be at the heart of season two like that's not like i do know that's not some giant spoiler um it's just a decision we made as a room that That we, we want to be asking these questions because they're incredibly rich. and And so when I was doing 14, I just wanted to plant sort of and verbalize what magic, I think, has represented all along, which is a faith that, yeah, you know what? I've, I've seen this, I've been leapt into, I've felt <laughs> it, and now I've revived the project. I'm going to say, I feel pretty confident. Don't know what's happening exactly, but I do think it ties into what spiritualists, like great spiritualists, like Dr. King say, like that, you know, the the moral, like we've heard the moral arc bends towards justice. We've we've probably all heard that quote, but like, I don't really know that we've ever thought about, okay, well, what makes it bend? I mean, bending bending something requires a force, right? Bending something, it's a pull. Um, And I think Magic has declared that he believes um, that Quantum Leap is part of the pull. Um, And is that, in my opinion, science, religion, they're all versions of, of, of trying to understand the same story and also to decide whether we believe that's the way the universe works or not. And to circle back to something Drew said earlier about, you know, yeah... This week, we, we, we destroy 400 lives inadvertently, and this like. but our show is ultimately about this notion that human beings have a superpower. The superpower is the ability to help someone else. The superpower is the ability to do for someone else the thing that they cannot do for themselves. Every single person on this Zoom can go through their mind and can think of events, circumstances that seemed unbearable burdens that seemed completely impossible to carry um, that a friend or loved one picked up as if it was light as a feather. Um, And that is the design, in my opinion, of the universe. It's certainly the design of humanity. It's a design that's being lost in the modern world. I'm getting a little philosophical, but like, you know, like we're supposed to help one another. It's not supposed to be you do everything on your own. Um, It's you do everything as a team. And I think that's At its core, what what Deborah and Don came up with 30 plus years ago was that it's a superhero show where we realize the most important superheroes in the world are ourselves. And that like you can be a superhero for someone in any given day. Um, And so I think season two is going to be about things like, OK, would you want to be one of those people? Like, where did this technology come from? What does it actually mean? What are the prices of it? Things like that. I think that, to me, when we get into that territory, um, I just think we become a richer show.
0: Good night, everybody. We're not going to top that. Um, (laughs) No, thank you, Dean. That was. I I think that that was fabulous, and I completely agree. Um, That's the point in so many ways, and I love the fact that that is uh, something that's you know so woven into the bedrock of the show
2: and I mean dare I like I say it with no judgment about any present situation except to say that the present situation of our collective humanity seems like any reminder we can get of that is a good reminder like and I put myself right at the top of the list of getting stressed about the wrong thing focusing on the wrong thing not asking help when I need it you know there was a there was a circumstances earlier this year where we had done so many episodes in a row and I was sick and I was trying to um, get a rewrite done on one of the episodes. And Martin looked at me and he's like, you look terrible, man. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, but you know, I got to get this done. And he's like, no, you don't. Like I just, I'll, t- I'll take this one, you know? And the fact that besides how much do we love Martin, but like the, I share the story to say, I did not feel comfortable saying, Hey, I feel terrible. Do you mind? Do you mind? Like, you know, it's hard to say help, ask for help. And like, at least I, I think it's become, you know, it's, we view it as a weakness. We view it as a yeah. four letter word. And it's just, it's actually not like nothing in the universe suggests that help is anything but a positive. Like you can't, There's a bazillion examples in nature of like the flower that grows in such a way that it feeds the bird that when it poops, like fertilizes the flower and keeps it safe from the pest. Like, I mean, at a certain point, we have to accept that that's the design of all of us is to be part of something. So that's my view. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I think it's...
0: it's and superb. tune in
2: to NBC. Find out why. 10 o'clock. 9, Nine Central, Central
4: Monday nights. <laughs>
1: uh, gosh. Damn, they, I, I don't think there's a better way that we could wrap the episode No, I completely agree.
0: I completely agree. I say this with my whole heart. I could stay here all night. Um, thank you all so, so, so much for joining us. Um, Caitlin, Annalise, Drew, Dean... Um, means a lot to us. And, and, uh, I, I just, I love that we get to, to share these moments. I love that we get to hear from you. Um, because, uh, the show represents so much, um, of, of what you just said, Dean. And I think going forward, the opportunity to see even more of that is, is something that can, can be a, a balm for us, for us all, especially in times when we might be feeling a little raw. So thank you all for your work. Thank you so much for being here. And, uh, I can't wait until we get the chance to do it again sometime.
4: Give it a couple weeks.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Wow. Thank you for having uh, me back. James volunteering. Yeah, Caitlin. Thank you mm-hmm. so much.
4: <laughs> Bye, everybody.
5: Thanks, everybody. Thanks for watching and covering all that you do.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you, Drew. Bye. Annalise for work. Thank you.
3: Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good night, guys. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks, Annalise. Bye-bye.
1: And we want to say thank you all for for hanging out with us for the last
0: God, three hours? We just go over three hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, so so much. Um, thank you for being here and and, and joining us. Uh, I, I told you we might have a few surprises. I was surprised by the surprises. Uh, I did not I did not anticipate all of that. Um, so uh, again, a huge thank you uh, to Dean um, for for corralling everyone. Thank you to Caitlin and Annalise and Drew for all showing up and sharing so much with us. Um, this has been one of my favorite experiences on the podcast ever, period, without a doubt. And I don't mean just, I don't mean just the conversations that we had with them. I mean, from the conversations we had before the episode started to, Mm. to seeing the, 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 chat, you know, while we were, uh, uh, watching the episode together, uh, to, to the conversations afterwards, um, I'm, I'm grateful for it and I'm grateful for you all for joining us. Um. Um, and, and, and because, because he's here, uh, I don't want to embarrass him or anything, but let's give it up for JJ Lindell, who has been creating these incredible posters. One of which you can see right over Dennis's shoulder right now, uh, for the show, the Ben interrupted poster is awesome. By the way, I loved it. Um, and, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to twist JJ's arm into coming back on the show so we can talk some more at some point. Um, because I, I enjoy doing that. So much.
1: I, I feel like Dean was playing the long game when he nudged JJ to do the Ziggy's running slow T-shirt, knowing where, <laughs> knowing where it was going. Like he knew, he knew what he was <laughs> right. doing.
0: He's 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 a he's a mastermind, evil now genius need new, level stuff. Now we
1: now we need a new Ziggy's the mole, and then mm. we're and then and then let's stab Ben. I think that was another one that came out of the discussion tonight. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> oh that's gonna be a good one um well i think that just about does it we you know this was kind of a non-traditional episode under non-traditional circumstances for us uh for for the past you know however long uh we've been we've been covering the the first season but but what a blast uh dennis anything else left to add before we get out of here i am one tired dad that is uh it's gonna you know i i I'm going to be completely honest with you. I should go to bed, but after we you know, leave here, I am absolutely going to encode and upload this episode so that everyone can can see it uh, on, on the YouTube and all that jazz. So, Well, you do that. I'm going to go take me a nice hot shower.
1: I'm going to crawl into bed. I'm going to put on my little CPAP mask. No, no, no. Hey, get to know <laughs> me. Be everyone. careful, be careful here. <laughs> put, 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 put on my little CPAP mask. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I was going to make a joke about firing up some Music. No, never mind. Never mind. I know. Like, I, I was wondering where you were headed with this. I was going <laughs> to
0: say, "My goodness!" Uh, thank you, as always, to to everyone, to all of the supporters, to everyone out there. Uh, who supports this show whether it's by you know listening hitting a download button a like a subscribe whatever to to all of the backers and patrons thank you so so much uh, it means the world to us as always i would say look around your community look around the world at large see where you can help there first before you you know throw us a few dimes but uh, we're grateful for that uh there's a lot of wonderful causes out there um that, that we feel passionately about and uh we've we've attempted to share some of those and we'll continue to do so um because we just as dean was talking about you know we, sure. we we want to be helpers too we want to right some wrongs yeah absolutely and just a housekeeping note sam since you
1: the one you're the one who hit record you need the one who stopped recording i didn't hit record you didn't hit record yeah, i'm kidding God. i'm kidding i, got it. I got
0: it. Awful. <laughs> awful <laughs> 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 all right well to uh, our friends, friends on the <laughs> east coast <laughs> where it's yeah. almost one o'clock in the morning thank you so much for staying up with us Uh, really appreciate it it's wonderful to see you all and uh, yeah we will be back next week to uh, cover uh, (laughs) Fly the Friendly Skies I believe Um, and hopefully we'll get that screener in time so that we can do this normally but if not who knows maybe something else amazing will happen like it did tonight in the meantime as always take care of yourself, take care of one another stay safe out there and remember always leap responsibly have a good night everyone
2: I want to stay, I want to go
5: You see my face, but it's not mine
4: You can't